so it's been really nice. Some of my friends, you know, that have either been in New York for twice as long as I have or are fresh entries. This is their first chance to get to present their artwork. And some of them have already found success in selling some of that artwork. And that's all I've wanted is to have a space, you know, where interdisciplinary art can thrive. Hey, this is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm your host, Curtis Rouser. This summer, AJ Pacheco and his partner, Tanya Gorbanova, opened Pancake Records. It's a record store in North Astoria, Queens that doubles as a performance space. They're bringing the community together with events featuring local musicians, comedians, and other performers. It was a lifelong love for records that pushed AJ and Tanya to pursue this dream, but they don't harbor a need to have a vinyl empire. Instead, they want the store to be part of the community, a community they don't plan on leaving. Today, AJ talks with Epicenter reporter Hari Arivarakar about his journey in starting the business and mission to build a community around it. AJ Pacheco is my name. Uh, I grew up in Long Beach, California, where I was born. And I moved to New York um, 12 years ago with my theater company. I majored in uh, theater when I was back in California in Long Beach. And I had a theater company from my inland uh, empire high school friend group. And we all moved out here. Probably about 20 of us over the course of like eight years, we moved out here and had a company where we operated out of the Boys and Girls Club. Um, during that time, I was working, uh, whether it was bars and restaurants or um, at a local record store that was down the street called Hi-Fi Records. So I was there. I managed that store for eight years um, when rent was a little high and the owner ended up having to move his family back home to Puerto Rico, where he's from. Uh, he decided to close the doors this last January and moved back to Puerto Rico. But it came with a big pat on the back and an encouraging word or two of, you can do it, you can open your own store. So I swallowed all of my fears and I talked to my friends in the community, my my family, and we decided that we could make it happen. And uh, I had a lot of support, countless hours of friends helping me paint and clean records and clean the store and build the store. My dad built all the shelves um, back in Colorado where they live now, and he drove them out here in a U-Haul. My mom, who's been a, a painter her whole life, she does a lot of portraits and murals and now focuses a lot on plain air uh, and still life, uh, mostly in oils and acrylics. I told her the idea I had for the store name and the logo that I wanted to do, and she helped paint it. And then uh, some of my online gaming friends helped me to digitize that picture. And now it is on our t-shirts and our awning and everything else, the stickers. So it was very much a, a family affair um, as well as a community project. So yeah, since COVID, you know, kind of put the theater company on a more permanent hiatus than I'd like to admit, it gave us a lot of opportunity to, to work on other things. What do you think? worked at Hi-Fi and what kind of didn't work or what were the external forces at play that caused it you know, eventually to sadly close? Hard to tell a lot from where I was um, in my position at the store. You know, I was the the face of it for the last few years, at least. Um, the, the owner, he'd already moved back to Puerto Rico. So it was a lot of back and forth for him, which was hard. So me and my partner, Tanya, mm -hmm. we did all the ordering and um, 
you know, all the the organizing and and curating for the shop. So the things that worked really well was when we had a constant influx of new and used records. So what's beautiful about vinyl is that it lasts so long. Mm -hmm. And if you take care of it, it can last, you know, another hundred years. So when there's people that came to sell us their old records, you know, one of my jobs was to make sure that it was in good quality enough to clean and put back on the shelf with a new price tag on it. And when that turnover was quick, that's when it was the best because you're not seeing a lot of things sit on the shelves that gets to be, it gets to leave and go to a new home. And that means I have more room to put in new stuff. So when those things were going well, it was going well. When COVID hit, it was uh, a little bit of a roller coaster because, you know, it was one of those uh, times when everybody is now staying at home more often. Mm -hmm. And that actually was a positive thing for music listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that that's what I was doing when I'm stuck at home. I'm I'm then sitting with my record collection and I have something to do that is that is enjoyable and able to take my mind off of the other things that are, you know, bogging us down. So for us as a store, it was actually not the worst time we had. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of years after that. Once, okay. you know, a lot of us, you know, we've, we've all seen Rents go up, mm-hmm. uh, grocery prices going up. So I know that for myself, my expendable income was less. And so I know those kind of things hit all small retail stores like ours. You know, we're a very niche product. Mm-hmm. So either you you love it and you need to carry it and you're going to keep buying it till the end of time, or it might be a thing that like, I don't need it to, to survive. I'm going to put it on hold. I have YouTube. I have my other means of listening to music. Mm-hmm. So I think that was something that hurt it. A lot of it was also like the location. That block was just not like the most um, inviting of blocks as far as like not a lot of businesses um, stayed open on that street. About three blocks south, you know, just north of Astoria Boulevard. So, you know, just that stretch, Mm -hmm. you know, not as much uh, residential foot traffic, which is what made me a little afraid. I was already, you know, that store was in North Astoria. Now we're more moving farther north in Astoria. It's, It's scary. But what I've been blessed to hear is that so many of our our regulars the clients that were at hi-fi all the time they have told us thank you for moving closer so it's it's nice to know that a lot of our base was up here in north astoria and so moving a little farther north even closer to dipmars now was actually a beneficial move so i'd say like it's the hardest part was was finding a place to rent Mm -hmm. you know i i knew that we were already you know having to make some tough calls just to keep the lights on at hi-fi so moving to a place that was potentially more expensive was really out of the question for me. However much I would have loved to be on Ditmars or on 30th where there's massive foot traffic, right. I know that this isn't a cookie shop. This isn't the kind of place where, you know, somebody's just going to wander in and buy a quick cookie and leave. As a record collector myself, I know that when I go to a city or whether it's my own city, I'm planning my trip. I'm bringing my record-sized tote bag with me right. because I know that it's something that is going to be some weight on my shoulder as I'm ca- carrying it home. So I didn't mind so much being slightly off, you know, the main drag to be able to run this kind of business, the one that I wanted to, right. which more than hi-fi, the thing I think hi-fi maybe could have done more of was more events, be more of a community space. That's how I always envisioned it. And and this is, I mean, pancake, pancakes. Is pancakes always- so far has been 
a huge success as far as like being a community space. That's wonderful. Um, Tell me about the kind of events and community activities. Here. Yeah. So, so far we've had um, multiple events with different musicians in the area. You know, they've, they've set up in this room. We had the amps kind of set towards the doorway. So that way anybody who's still shopping could enjoy the music too. But then we, you know, we stuffed a good 20 people into this little space and the acoustics sound great. The lighting's really cool. I have those, you know, the, like the DJ lights set up up top. So, you know, we can dim the lights and it and it's and it's fun. The this is also a gallery space. So all this these paintings on the walls are all local artists. So it's been really nice. Some of my friends, you know, that have either been in New York for twice as long as I have or or fresh entries. This is their first chance to get to present their artwork. And some of them have already found success in selling some of that artwork. And that's all I've wanted is to have a space, you know, where interdisciplinary art can thrive. Um, we've had listening parties. You know, that's one of the reasons I pulled the couch back out and put some other chairs around. So, you know, when there's a new album or a band that's, you know, sh uh, has a shared fan base, you know, we can we can all just kind of swap stories and blast it and and have a chance to like share it together. Um, so those have been really fun. In the future, we're hoping to um, to have, you know, I have some friends that do the comedy circuit that we're looking to try to make a, a stand-up night happen. Um, I have friends that do drag and we'd love to do like a drag show here. You know, we've, we have different friends that have other small businesses, smaller, 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 tiny businesses that, uh, you know, they're w wanting to come and do a pop-up here, you know, and this is a space that, of course, the hope is that business does well enough that I can buy more records and, and have more stuff to present to people so they have more options to choose from. And when that happens, the space, hopefully a wall of it can have more bins. But until then, and including then, this can continue to be a diverse and multi-purpose room, as well as the record store itself, you know? Like, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know, I know you're a collector yourself, so that's probably going to be the answer. But, but why records in, in particular? Yeah, I collected my whole life. I was lucky enough to, I guess, skip the CD um, boom when CDs were just getting popular. It's like I, I already the internet was at my fingertips. So I, you know, I remember the first time somebody said, "Have you heard of this new website called YouTube?" And I'm like, what's it? like, like the band YouTube? They're like, no, no, it's YouTube. It's a, it's a place where you upload videos. And, you know, so much music was already just like right there that if there was something I was going to bring in my car, it was a burned CD. It was friends that had CDs. They're like, hey, why don't you, you know, I'll make you a copy of it and you can keep it in your car. But my dad had a turntable and I figured pretty quickly that, you know, depending on the system you have at home, the sound quality just spoke to me more. I love having the artwork. That's one of my reasons that I got into theater was music. And I had always, um, you know, there were a couple shows we did where they wanted live scoring in the living room of the show. Uh, it was a production of, um, shoot, what's the name of the show? You can't take it with you. So, you know, I had a little record collection that I'd bring and we'd spin records during parts of the show. There's just something about the tactile nature of getting to hold on to your, to your art, the liner notes. And that just opens up so many new avenues for discovering music. You know, you start to learn labels. And then more than just like, I love this band, I find out what are the bands that they record with? Who, what musicians are now playing for somebody else? You know, where did that bassist go? Who produced it? You know, where was it mastered? All those things, they're, they're more easily available all in your little booklet, you know, of, of a record sleeve. Um, so that art form always stuck with me. 
And when, you know, I started hearing whispers of like, no, it's it's CDs are kind of out already. The the sales were dropping. Vinyl is coming back in a big way. It was exciting to me because I get to still go to stores and and find the records for the newer bands that I was falling in love with and see that they're pressing them. And it was always happening. Just now it was more accessible. Early days for pancakes. You just opened on July 22nd. That's right. That's right. So what have what have the like initial earnings been? What do you feel went really well? What do you feel? Okay, you need to kind of yeah. figure out how this works. Yeah, well, the, the hardest part is keeping uh, records on the shelf. You know, when I when I opened, I had a very limited budget. You know, this is my first business I've ever opened. Ho- hopefully, this this will be my last. Honestly, like you know, I'm not I'm not the kind of person that's looking to like have a vinyl empire. I I want this tiny little store, and I want it to be a part of my community where I live now, um, where I don't plan on leaving. So I filled those shelves for opening day, and it it came from doing a lot of legwork of talking to different people in the community, going to Craigslist, going to estate sales and garage sales in my neighborhood, taking drives out to Long Island City with friends because I'm on a bicycle. I have a big basket on my bike, but if it can't fit in there, then I'm calling a cab and I'm walking home to get my bike later. You know, it's so once the shelves were full, I, you know, I felt comfortable. I could make an opening date planned and we opened, but I mean, yeah, it's such a blessing, but like, Opening day was better than I could have ever imagined. Close to 25, 30% of the entire stock was sold that day. And I had no extra inventory. I had no back stock. So it's been a battle constantly of finding time to fill the shelves again, um, which is a good problem to have. You know, I, I know that my big fear was not being able to fill the whole store like this room. So I knew that I wanted to make sure this was an established multi-purpose space. But as far as the other, the the main storefront goes, I'm telling you every single day, somebody calls every single day, somebody calls and says, I have records to sell. So it's been a joy to get to meet different people that have music that they're, you know, willing to, to put back into circulation, you know, to find new homes for them. And then we've had a better system so far of we've been connecting with different smaller labels, you know, record labels that we've come to love, international labels or local, um, you know, more niche indie in titles. And they've been very quick to go, we'd love to support you. We'd love to have a relationship with you where we can get the music straight to you and you don't have to go through a big distributor, um, which saves, you know, just cents on the dollar here and there. And that and it matters. It really does add up. It is extra work sometimes, you know, you're you're balancing more invoices and you're making sure everything comes in, checking a lot of things off, um, you know, double checking your prices like because thing with vinyl, because it's getting popular again, prices are constantly in flux um, and it is difficult. It is it is work. It is work, um, but it's work that I don't mind and I love it. And if it means that I can put something on the shelf for cheaper to mean that it gets to spread to more people, then that's the win to me. Getting to expand people's musical knowledge and journeys is the whole game. It's the whole game. You can learn more about Pancake Records on their Instagram page or visiting their store at 2077 Steinway Street in Queens. You can also call them on 718-233-8666. Before we go, we'll leave you with a quick highlight from a recent event at Pancake Records. Here's artist Shape Up. Shake it, I guess. I'm happy in the first place. I'm gonna let you stay. Shake it, I guess. 
That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. For more stories like this, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at epicenter-nyc.com. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Caravica. You can find more of their music on their website linked to in our podcast description.